it's yours is like a high quality podcast. I'm like, ah, whatever. Oh, I would never use that term to describe my podcast. It's rather low quality, but <laughs> I do have a nice mic. <laughs> That's about it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Jess and the Guest. My guest today is the hilarious comedian, John Gabris. You know him from Drunk History, Guy Code, Comedy Bang Bang, Wild and Out, and so many other things. He was in Bombshell. Crazy. We both started comedy at the UCB Theater in New York, so we talk a lot about improv, live shows, his work, comedy, guilty pleasure TV shows, and in this episode, he makes me laugh the entire time. This is one of my favorite episodes. I hope you like it. Go from like the beach to improv 101 class because I would have hated you so much. <laughs> most of that, most people did hate me, so you, <laughs> you you wouldn't have been wrong. You wouldn't have been alone, Jessica. Uh, they truly, uh, yeah. I was a uh, I was in board shorts, flip flops, and like a t shirt, and my hair was dyed blonde, and I was super tan, and I was like, yeah, I like comedy, and I was. Uh, just a real obnoxious asshole. And I was cocky as fuck. Uh, yeah. It was it was a problem. But I I learned some humility, but also <laughs> learned that my superpower is sort of like a uh, like a unearned confidence. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I learned to harness that in those early classes, too. Yeah. Do you remember who your 101 teacher was or anything? Yes. My UCB 101 teacher's name. This would be 2002 or 2003 oh that summer and it yeah. would be this guy george bedecker uh, i don't oh. know much about he was only a briefly a teacher he's like a chicago friend i think of the ucb and yeah. he was like uh because he wasn't around he once i once i spent more time at the theater he wasn't a teacher or a performer anymore just yeah. i it was the only one that worked with my busy lifeguarding <laughs> schedule um <laughs> and so uh it but in my level one in hindsight was uh vanessa Bayer or uh, vanessa bayer is how do you say her last name uh I bayer, no, I yeah think. i think it's bayer <laughs> from one, S yeah. uh from snl and uh amongst many other things the very funny uh um tim robinson sketch about brunch but yeah. she uh she was in my class and we didn't remember each other <laughs> but a mutual friend, uh, Shannon O'Neill, was like talking to her and yeah. she was remembering people. And, and Shannon was like, oh, who do you remember anyone from your class? And like she could just place one person. She was like, he was like this like weird, like <laughs> annoying guy from the I, She probably didn't call me annoying because she's actually a kind human being. But she was like <laughs> this like freak or whatever from who come from the beach. And Shannon was like, I bet that's Gabrus. And she <laughs> looked up the old student records because she was running uh, the school at the time. Yeah. And or the theater at the time. And she yeah. was like, yeah, no, I think that was John Gabrus. <laughs> <laughs> so Yay. funny. Yeah, long time, long, long time ago. Yeah. And I've seen you do stand up too. And you're very confident on stage. Like, were you ever nervous? So I I am frequently not nervous until I have to remember to do something. You know what I mean? Like if I just have to go up on stage and kind of just talk to the crowd, like mm -hmm. I'm I'm cocky enough that I'll be like, this will be fun. Or if I have to just do improv with friends or just try to, you know, you, come sit down with us. Uh, five of us are doing this live podcast. You got to just chime in and be funny. Like that stuff yeah. doesn't make me nervous. That feels like stuff that I'm very well versed in is sitting around and bullshitting at parties <laughs> or doing it. But like if someone's like, hey, I need you to like walk out in the middle of this sketch and say these three like or like, hey, thanks for shooting with us today. So your, your scene is just these five lines like the second that shit starts to happen or it's like, 
all right, I'm going out there to do a monologue and I got to get it right. Yeah. The second that starts to happen, my absolute fucking imposter syndrome sets off. And it's just like, I'm in my own head of like, who the fuck do you think you are? You're so dumb. You never practice memorizing lines. You should, you could have read, you could have read these lines a hundred more times. You're getting paid to be here. Or this is an audition. You said you wanted this and you're not trying, you didn't try at all. You fucking idiot. Oh, fuck. Just, oh no. And like, I just, it, I do not represent yeah. myself well in those situations. It all falls apart. The wheels come off, Jessica. <laughs> I feel like you're one of the smartest comics I've seen too. Even just like listening to some old podcasts that you did, like I was like, wow, he's so quick. Like you just think so much. You think very fast. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I, I I I would maybe disagree with the smart comment, but I would agree <laughs> with I think fast. My brain moves fast yeah. for better and worse. Like it is ruining a lot of my relationships in life, but. <laughs> It, it benefits itself for like stream of consciousness, uh, comedy yeah. podcasting. Uh, yeah, something I weirdly can always uh, able to do, I think, was just speak, speak like <laughs> like people really want to hear what I have to say, yeah, whether or not what it, I don't know what it is. Like, I'm just like, yeah, I think everyone needs to hear from me right now. And it's like, yeah. I feel uh, so. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate again the flatter. I did I again you complimented me in the email asking me to do this podcast and it truly worked on me. And now you're buttering me up with every question. Here we go. No, all the mean no, I'm just imagine at imagine after like 15 minutes of this, you're like, okay, well, that was really fun. Let's start rolling now. The podcast is sort of like takedown of the patriarchy and why you're a member. And I'm like, oh no, no. <laughs> Like, yeah, you butter. I buttered you up for fucking 25 yeah, minutes. Yeah, that was the real. <laughs> now let's start the real show. Okay? It's a two part quiz about One Direction. Yeah. What? Well, it's funny because, like, that's how my personality is. But I like, I write a lot of roast jokes. Like, that's kind of my stand up style. So people are always shocked. And I'm like, I'm from Philly. So that's how we communicate. Like, it's just like, yes. kind of, like roasting each other. And then yeah. when I moved to LA, like, people were like, that's really kind of mean. And I was like, no, it's a joke. Like, that's how we show love, right? Yeah, this is how we talk to each other. This is friends. We're, you know, yeah, I'm like listen, I, asshole, and they're like, what? I'm I like, know exactly it. what you mean. Like, uh, I'm I'm from New York. I'm from Long Island, and it's a very similar vibe as yeah. like those northeastern, uh, gritty cities are. Uh, yeah. I mean, Philadelphia really is the gritty city <laughs> now, uh, due to possessing gritty. Uh, but <laughs> I, uh, I've always thought that like. Uh, because my family was very specific way, but it, it is cultural in this sort yeah. of New York, like, hey, Bafa, cool, you know, like just curse each other out, walk past each other. Yeah. And I brought bring that energy to L.A., bring that energy to fun, to UCB, where it's like all NYU kids who are like who are all like, I love singing and improv comedy. And I'm yes. like, oh, I like drugs, alcohol and improv, sort of. Yes, no, uh, <laughs> that's exactly how I am, too. I was like. People are like, everyone's like a musical theater. And I was like, I did sports growing up. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, oh, I don't know who Pippin is. I, I mean, Scotty, Scotty Pippin. No, okay, a different Pippin. Yeah. Got it. I was like Googling before my 101 class, like all the Star Wars references, because I kept getting like pimped into scenes. And I'd be like, I don't really know. But, that's yeah. a real uh, recurring situation, I feel, for a lot of people at UCB. They're like, I might as well just watch Star Wars or maybe now it's Harry Potter or something. It's like, I might as well just watch this shit so I can engage on this topic. That's pretty much why I ended up watching or reading uh, fucking Harry Potter. Cause I was like, <laughs> everyone keeps all these young kids keep bringing this 
goofy ass wizard up so i better figure <laughs> out what the fuck is going on Swift does what is the most long island thing about you most long island thing about me <laughs> is that i have uh, i mean i have a tattoo of it on my bicep which is not like a traditional thing on long island but it does yeah. it is very long island yeah. i think uh, I can't, I mean, I fucking, if a Billy Joel comes song comes on, I start like clapping and looking for a can of beer to open. So maybe that's like the most Long Island thing about me is that, uh, Billy is triggering positively in my life. <laughs> I loved, uh, I think it was on Andy Richter's podcast where you were talking about how, when you come home for the holidays, like your mom, she doesn't like get things for you. And that's how my, my, I'm Italian. And my, my parents are like, when I come home and spend so much money, they don't like not like here you go i've got things for you or like, yeah this, do this do this. yeah no i come home yeah. and my mom's like oh thank god you're here can you come look at the printer and i'm like <laughs> what i live across the country i haven't been here since before the pandemic what do you do my two brothers live in the same town as you go fucking ask them and she's yeah. like and i when i tell my brothers i'm like dude mom had me fix the printer right when i land they're like yeah no shit i had to fix it for her three days ago she was too embarrassed to ask me again i feel like and i'm like jesus christ and it's like I i'm like flying home and then like running out to the grocery store to the next day to get like wine and beer and snacks yeah. so that we can like eat like normal and like hang out like we normally do yeah. like it you, there's a weird shift in life and I don't know when it happens. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm 39 and my mom lives is a widow who lives alone. So we're at different stages of our lives, obviously, but I've like, my standard of living is now higher than my parents, like my parents' house. Like the, when you're in like college, you're like, Oh, I'm home. Thank God. There's fucking diet Cokes in the fridge or, you know, uh, Oh, yeah. sick, unlimited cheeses. I don't have to pay for shit. None of my roommates stealing my cheese or whatever. <laughs> Uh, and then when you're like post-college, at least for me and living in like trash in Brooklyn and you're yeah. like, it's nice to go home. I can use like a, a, a shower I can stand in or whatever. And it's like, uh, and then eventually you get to be a point where I'm not wealthy by any means. I still live in an apartment, oh, yeah. have no dishwasher or want, uh, washing machine still at 40. Yeah. But yeah. I do yeah. have some nice things and I have what I want to have in the fridge. And then when I come home to visit my mom, I'm like, mom. You should have fucking coffee in the fridge and coffee yeah. for me. Like I like coffee. Like yeah. you should have that for me when I come to visit. I have your bullshit when you come to visit me. And yeah. it's just like this disconnect where I'm like, oh, my like I'm more in that hosting stage of my life than my mother is. And yeah. I mean, I she she's not entirely nurturing in that way. She's more nurturing in a like her love language is not that. It's <laughs> taking you out to dinner to your spots she loves. Oh. <laughs> That's exactly how my mom is too. So I was like, yeah, no, this is, I get it. I like restaurants. I like eating. So I have no problems. Let's roll. <laughs> was it a big change moving to LA? Like I was surprised. It was a big change yeah. for me. I, I adjusted fast, but I had been coming out here to do shows and to do work a little bit at, uh, yeah. and then like had some friends here. So was staying with them for an extended period of time. Yeah. And also a lot of people from my generation at UCB New York had already migrated out here. Yeah. So when I landed, I had a bunch of friends that I haven't seen in a couple of years that like are now within driving distance of my house. And I have a car for the first time in uh, yeah. 10 years as well. So it didn't feel, I felt shook loose as like, uh, you know, I, I was kind of had like a thing going for myself in New York, like a routine and a, yeah. I, you know, like, uh, you know, people, like you said, like I, you know, doing shows, pe 
people knowing me. Then I yeah. came to LA and it was all different. And I was like, oh, right, right, right. This is like, I'm not just going to land and be the fucking big dog on campus. So I had to like, that was a small adjustment period, but I do like stuff like that. I like challenges like that. But otherwise, it I adapted fast. It is not to keep going to talk about Long Island, but no. you know, I, it is me, John Gabris, on a podcast, so it might as well come <laughs> up multiple fucking times. The uh, like, it's very much like Long Island. I feel like in my in Los Angeles, at least I live in like West Hollywood, Los Angeles area, and it really feels like Long Island because it's just like several main drags with some shopping centers on them. And then in between is the suburbs. It's like sunset, Santa Monica, Melrose, Beverly third from like La Cienega all the way to Highland is just like nonstop strip malls, gas stations and all that. And like restaurants and all that stuff. And then in between all those streets, suburbs. And that's what just makes me feel like the sunrise highways and the Hempstead turnpikes and the old country roads of Long Island sort of, here again and you know it's traffic city and a lot of people who uh it's like a lot of shit there isn't the roast culture energy here though like so like people wouldn't go to a place that was like we'll put your face on top of your coffee people on long island be like fuck this and that place would have to go out of business but in like la it becomes like an instagram haven and like uh people pay a fortune to go there I feel like also to your range is in, is crazy. I've never seen someone do like comedy bang bang and wild and out and bombshell. Like you've done, I feel like everything. <laughs> I've never seen any uh, other person do that. I appreciate you calling it range, but I think <laughs> what it really means is that whatever this little bullshit that I can do, I can do in a slightly different way. I, I do believe I, I like to do a bunch of different things and my career has always been a number of different things. And I, I think that's enjoyable to me, like trying to, I don't, I, and I think that stems from coming up in comedy and being rewarded by improv, like learning that skill and unlocking what made the audience like that, that like feels cool. Like when you do multiple different kinds, like when you do different types of audience, comedy audiences or styles and different uh, venues and stuff like that feels part of like, oh, I have to unlock the game of this scene or the game of this tv show or how do i best add comedy to wild and out as this which is not necessarily the same way i would best add comedy to comedy bang bang or the best way to do drunk history like all these like kind of different uh things and i and i think it stems from uh like adhd too where i'm just like okay here's like a new idea i want to try like oh that sounds fun i'll do that and maybe I would be quote unquote more successful if I focused on something. It was like, this is what I really want to do. And like, just did it like that might that, but that doesn't appeal to me. I'd rather just be scrambling around, stumbling upon new shit that I have to like concern myself with. Yeah. I think, but I do appreciate you. I never thought of it as range. That's a very flattering way to put it. I always just thought, thought of it as myself as like the, uh, like, and I do like that comes from my child. I think like I'm able to roll in different crowds. I always like kind of was like as a kid, I was like friends with this group and this group. And I could like, I played D&D and football. You know, I lived in like all black and Hispanic town. And then I moved to like a Jewish and Irish and Italian town. So like, I I just, I grew up uh, in a lot of times in a lot of different subcultures and like any middle-class, like tri-state area kid, you know, I was like, 
a skater. I had like every phase, you know, I was like a skater, yeah. a surfer, I, a jock, a fucking dirtbag. Like I did all <laughs> these phases where you run with different crowds. And I was always, you know, found myself being like, I always make like the crew guys laugh more than I make like actual comedy people laugh. You know, like yeah. that's like whenever I'm hosting a show, it's like the camera guys like that was fucking funny, bro. <laughs> and it's like, thanks, Dean or whatever. See, I would want to make them laugh more than anyone else too. Then like, yeah, that is the victory. That is the victory, but they don't sign your checks. So you got to make everybody laugh. <laughs> yeah. I do think it's such a skill. Cause like, I don't know when I started, I just thought you were either funny or you weren't. And then there was like, Oh, there's writing. There's this, like, I didn't realize writers sometimes are so different than performers that are so, and yeah, there's just so many different. Well, also the crazy thing that I had to learn too, was that it, just being the funniest doesn't mean you get anything. It's not like the yeah. funniest person is the one who gets to host the TV show. The funniest person is gets who gets cast in like, I, like Lucille Ball is an in, insanely funny person, but like the funniest person can't just be uh, Lucy. Like they yeah. like that. She, she was perfect for that. Like there's a lot that's it's always like, I'm funnier than that guy who got this comedy role. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but unfortunately that's not what matters. Yeah. Uh, and it's true. And all, you know, once you learn that, that the metric is not how funny you are, but some complicated algorithm of a thousand different that would destroy your ego. If you actually knew them all, once you find that you're like, ah, I'd rather not uh, <laughs> dabble. I'd rather not activate and learn anything about that. Uh, yeah. Peace out on that. Oh, it's such a good point too. Cause I used to get so mad and be like, but I'm doing more. Why did this, you know, and like, yeah, yeah work on all that stuff. But Right. Well, and yeah. it's, it's also like, uh, maybe the person who isn't the funniest person you're talking to it is creating some of the funniest blank you know what i mean yeah. like or some of the people like me who are uh, very funny to talk to but isn't necessarily you, you know like pointing to any comedy roles i did and was like that guy like you know like ted yeah. dance is like sam from cheers but like he's yeah. like made me, i'm probably funnier and hanging out in person with him but like yeah. i don't have any fucking sam or becker or fucking mayor characters <laughs> floating around mr mayor I know. good place I'm, I'm like this i picked the weirdest guy to use that as an example there <laughs> i was watching your old wild and out last night like <laughs> so as i always sorry. do you know no it still holds up like all the jokes were really funny i thought and like what was it like roasting nelly basically um i it was fun i would i had never done anything like that sort of like you know it's short for, but i have done short form improv and that's what it is and it's it's really just that but with like way more personality piled on top of it like you really yeah. make everything your own and that's sort of like something i can also do so showing up there and being like the fat token white guy uh for <laughs> once uh was like a nice flip too and it was i was also like in hindsight i didn't realize this when i first arrived there i was like a few years older than a lot of people too because i was like a little established on mtv too which is kind of yeah. how i got in to do a wild and out and then once i was there i was actually kind of fun and people liked me and then i did a few years then i got too old then i got invited back for a couple episodes for yeah. the old school versus new school season yeah. and now i think i'm actually too old and <laughs> <laughs> why well, i think last time they were like it's a dance off and i was like i'm not doing this game and they were like okay yeah i think we have to stop hiring you i was like yeah i, I don't want dance no. i had a lot of fun doing all the bullshit i loved hanging with those guys like i met a lot of great comics that i 
And I mean, if, and if I'm, I'm a, like, if I'm being honest, like I was exposed to a lot of comedians that I had never been exposed to before thinking that I knew a lot of comedians and I met like dozens dozens of, uh, you know, uh, very funny young black people that I just was not seeing in my myopic UCB downtown New York uh, to to LA comedy mindset, you know, podcasts, indie comedy bullshit. These guys are doing all kinds of different shit. And it was so like, I still, the fact that I met uh, uh, Chico DC and, and Carlos who do the 85 South podcast. Those guys are, insanely funny and doing like they have an insanely huge podcast called the 85 South Park. It's awesome. It's so funny. I watch it so frequently and none of my, I don't know many of my friends that do watch it or listen to it, but however you want to phrase it. And it's like, Oh, it's just like, and so, so getting to go over there and, and, and meet a lot of those people and get like my eyes open to new comedy and like learn from guys like Carlos Miller, who's like a fucking one of the funniest, like, I've had like these sort of semi mentor. Another good thing about my sort of polymathic career of uh, jack of all trades, uh, barely good at any, is <laughs> no. that good, jumping from all these jobs, I'm always like, I'm learning at Wild and Out how Wild and Out works. I'm learning on Comedy Bang Bang how Comedy Bang Bang works. But while I'm on Comedy Bang Bang, I'm learning from Paul F. Tompkins, Lauren Lapkus, uh, yeah. you know, t- uh, Tim Baltz, and like these people. And then when I'm at uh, wild and out, I'm learning from Corey Holcomb and uh, the, yeah. the 85 South guys or uh, Hitman holler or something like that. So I'm like, I'm like constantly in these new environments. And, and I like that because in my head, everything's a fucking video game. And it's like, yeah. now you have an 85 skill uh, number in improv. Now you have an 80 skill number and blah, blah, blah. So it's like fun for me to feel like I'm, uh, con- I, I am a curious person. I like to learn a lot and know a lot uh, and forget it a a ton as well. I like to just process it and shit it out (laughs) in my brain and never think about it again. But I think uh, that's part of why I like all the jumping around all different jobs. And again, goes back to the improv of like, I like the discovery of it. I like the discomfort, the feeling of like, all right, I'm jumping out there. Let's figure out what it is. So you can chase that with like taking weird jobs as well. It's like, okay, I guess I'm putting on this Ben Franklin outfit and going to the UPenn (laughs) alumni party and uh, posing with old ladies. Please tell me that's real. That's real. That's real. I did that for the like Ben Franklin's (laughs) 200th birthday or something. It was insane. Yeah. You got it. You got it. <laughs> do you, you know, when, yeah, when you're 24 in New York and, uh, you know, unemployment's running out and someone offers you $200 to say a penny shaved is a penny earned to like oh, yeah. a woman with uh, cataracts, then, <laughs> then fucking take it. Don't oh, look yeah. a gift card horse out in the mouth. <laughs> I sometimes look back at New York. I'm like, how did I live? Like, how did I survive that? Because same thing, like just I lived in a one bed or a one bedroom. We made a three bedroom and like it was just oof yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i lived in a loft and i lived in like a fucking uh tree house thing that was on top of the dining room and the ceiling was only five feet high in my oh. bedroom uh yeah i and i also uh for a long time lived with my wife and a, a friend in a two bedroom like oh uh back when we were just dating like just being poor kids yeah like we we're splitting a two bedroom three ways like and this dude was just the ultimate like he's our one of our best friends yeah. but he's like <laughs> we would just put him in the ultimate third wheel situation for like 
like six years. So, so filming drunk history to me it would be my like biggest nightmare. If I got drunk, I'm like, let me tell you, like I would say something horrible, probably. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think How did you, you know. Do <laughs> well, yeah, the can't you. There is still the self conscious energy of having the cameras on you, uh, yeah. which is which which be hidden. But uh, the thing about drunk history is that it's kind of like. Uh, planning for like at least for me doing drunk history in my mid-30s was like shit i have like a book report and a party tonight i have to prepare both like i i have to drink a shit ton later so i have to like play my day well and then it's also like i really have to know a shit ton about uh you know ida tarbell so i better sit down and and like study the ida tarbell materials study the story i want to tell remember a bunch of fun facts come up with some jokes i want to say and then also you're like okay and here we go time to take down a bottle of casamigos and it's just like (laughs) Uh, but for me, I think, you know, like that Malcolm Gladwell bullshit of like 10,000 hours, I think I have 10,000 hours of drunkenly spewing my thoughts on arbitrary topics. <laughs> so I felt like drunk history was something I like was low key training for uh, since I was like 12 years old and first got drunk on fucking uh, Mad Dog 2020 oh and God. explained why Fight Club was the best movie or whatever, you know, whatever. <laughs> do. I'm just doing that same thing now, but we're on podcasts or, yeah. at, uh, you know, wherever someone will have me. Uh, uh, drunk History was was such a fun, fun job. I never done anything like that. It was weirdly thrilling you know like there's an emt on set uh (laughs) you like learn a new subject which i love then you get to get absolutely blasted and like you're just like i i didn't do it i fucked up right it's so bad and every time derek and uh greg to go greg one of the producers are like you did a great job it's gonna be fine trust us we know how to cut these together it's gonna work and every time you're like because you're drunk and you're self-conscious you're like i i fucking sucked right and then the next morning you're like sending texts where you're like i'm so sorry i fucking blew your episode and they're like no you blew the sound guy and i'm like oh <laughs> so funny <laughs> i love to um the the what's it called the wedding coach with you and i mean jamie lee and you together was great but uh yeah i love jamie lee that was that was a lot of fun i got to go to uh texas and go to a nigerian wedding uh and wear uh traditional nigerian uh clothes i think at least uh (laughs) i was told they were i mean if you watch it and find out i was culturally appropriating i'm so (laughs) sorry i literally I like asked so many times. I'm like, you promise this is not like obnoxious of me to wear. They're like, no, people want you to wear it. And I was like, if if I'm wearing this thing in the episode, you have to show footage of someone. <laughs> you have to show some a, a Nigerian person or a Nigerian American saying it's okay for me to wear that. Like it needs to be in the episode. I'm not fucking going down for some shit you asked me to put on. But I put it on and i felt amazing in it it looks yeah. good it's so stylish it's more comfortable than a fucking uh suit with a tie yeah. it was so much better and i was like hell fucking yeah yeah and i got to eat a bunch of nigerian food which i am a fan of so that yeah. was uh that was particularly exciting for me which is not something you get to have like nigerian cake uh, as yeah. no, I'm, that's very uh 
uh, small world view of me. That's no. not something I get to have. I should not use the proverbial you. Maybe I'm assuming more people eat Nigerian food than I do, but like yeah. uh, <laughs> no, huge country. <laughs> but I think in the episode you said, I might butcher it, but you said something like, always be the drunkest or the second drunkest person and i think of that all the time when i go to parties i'm like yes i'm gonna be the second drunkest person well because the because the drunkest person is the one that people remember neg yeah if you i saw all you have to do is aim to just not be the most wasted you don't have to be in control you don't have to i mean now in hindsight maybe everyone should be and we (laughs) should like take care of ourselves alcohol is poison uh all all that stuff but no one ever is like, oh, God, Jessica was such a fucking nightmare <laughs> drunk. Well, Gabrus was pretty drunk, too. Yeah, but Jessica was worse. It's like, right. Like, no one's going to let's dig in on what Gabrus did. No, it's you that's taking the you know, you're taking all the shrapnel for us at that yeah. point. And did you really go to 20 uh, bachelor parties? Was that, is that a real something thing? like that? I, I, I've been to at least like 15 bachelor parties and at and I probably should count them up and it's probably 20, but like I've, I've been to like 15 bachelor parties and like, you know, I've only been in wedding parties like nine times. <laughs> <laughs> now I know that's not a standard overlap of like, yeah. Oh, if you're in the bridal party or the groom's party, you're at the stag party, bachelorette party, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Hindu as the Brits and Aussies call it. What, uh, Whatever you're doing, like, uh, doesn't have to be your uh, wedding party, but a lot of people sometimes go like that. But what am I fucking talking about? Who cares? Uh, <laughs> and what? Who cares? Next question. Pass. <laughs> um, and then I'm so excited for the high and mighty to have a couple rapid fire questions. Oh, oh shit! Wait. So I was doing some research on you, and there are so many fan like I've never seen more posts like Tumblers. Your fans are like very hardcore. Like I'm uh, seen- hardcore in, uh, in what <laughs> I have, I have a lot of, uh, vocal, uh, yeah. fans that objectify me in a way that I am completely okay with. It's uh, I, yeah, I've <laughs> never seen like, even with, like, I was like, wow, like you've been objectified more than any female comic I've seen. And like, that's a lot. I know it's unfortunate because I, I am actually asking for it. Like, I know that's an expression that a lot of people use as a, a negative, but I am truly asking for it. So I am appreciative. Yeah, Uh, I've always, uh, you know, uh, I guess I am a type, a specific type that uh, activates some people's uh, pleasure centers. And a a lot of those are gay men and uh, uh, not all, but mostly. And I've always found it uh, flattering. I, you know, just because I'm not gay doesn't mean it doesn't feel good (laughs) for anyone to tell you you're attractive. Yeah. So. it rules for me. And, uh, but it is something weird how frequently like I'll stumble across something about me. And it's like, if you search John Gabris in Google, like yeah. the third one down is like wife. Like there are people are like, wait, is he married? Wait, is he gay? <laughs> Please tell me. Yeah. I was just shocked. I was like, Oh my God, there's like a lot of <laughs> it's never ending. <laughs> yeah Tumblr Tumblr was big with that. Yeah. And, I, yeah. and then I was like, you know, get, like put on random, like, uh aggregators like you know bear party or like uh you know chubster.net or something like that and then it gets picked Mm -hmm. up by way more people uh i did like a sketch video show called strong island with my buddy a while back which i think you could track down on youtube i wouldn't but like you can oh it's still there oh great news uh 
but uh in it we at one point get naked at a party and we pixelate ourselves uh we pixelated ourselves yeah. uh and it was like a funny gag and in this well I thought it was at least and then uh watch uh someone on the internet photoshopped a uh me being nude using that photo like because i was <laughs> so they they added a fake like uh, yeah. pubic and uh, area and genitals and I'm like, <laughs> it's like the whole time I, yeah i didn't see that but i'm not surprised at all was, yeah. but here's the thing i someone's like oh are you gonna tell them to take it down <laughs> and i was like they gave me like a really nice penis. <laughs> it's worth it. It's worth it. So honestly, I was like, leave it out there. If anyone thinks this is real, I'll take that. I'll take that uh, uh, shine. So please leave it. <laughs> That's amazing. I was, yeah, I feel like you already answered the question. I was just going to ask if you had any like crazy fan interactions, but I feel like that's a, <laughs> that is one of them. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> All right, there's a couple quick rapid fire questions. All right, what is uh, the dumbest injury you've ever had? Uh, ooh, the dumbest injury. I oh, I split my head open jumping up to lick cupcake frosting off of a cupcake that was on top of the toaster oven, and I hit my head on the corner of my cupboard, and I uh, was bleeding. All, all because I couldn't wait to lick the fucking. Uh, I mean, yeah, I've been there. <laughs> oh my god, I'm glad you're okay. Um, what is your go-to karaoke song? Um, yakety yak, don't Ooh. talk back. Uh, someone explained to me I'm not a big karaoke person. I I'm not very comfortable singing in front of people, but that song is like under two minutes and everyone knows the lyrics and it's just yelling so like you can like it gets the party going and no one also like is mad at you you know what i mean <laughs> oh i mean great and last question do you have any like guilty pleasure tv shows or embarrassing tv shows you watch i watch an inordinate amount of bullshit i find <laughs> nothing my taste is uh hot awful and garbagey all the and highbrow and annoying and obnoxious so like i i have no guilty pleasures but here's a show that i watch that i know like i'm uncomfortable offering other people up to watch like the show c on apple tv with jason momoa and dave batista everybody's it plays it takes place in post pocket now i'm gonna just pitch the show yeah. on this fucking podcast great <laughs> Uh, it takes place in a post-apocalyptic America where everyone who's still alive, the small percentage of uh, civilization that's still around is blind. Oh, Everybody. So like changes all the culture and what that means and communication and all that shit. And then some sighted people are born and it changes what? and it's very tribal and sort of like the fight choreography. It's very violent. The fight choreography because everyone is blind is very interesting. Like how they go about fighting each other in the traps and strategy that they lay for each other since everybody's blind. It, it just plays a fun game. All right. I'm going to watch this because now I'm like, what is this? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And you'll be like, holy shit. I didn't know how many people are watching this show. It's getting <laughs> third season. <laughs> I've never even heard of it, but I will. Yeah, that's the best one I've heard so far. So. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.